recording, and you know what that means. From Wilbus Hills Community Church and Great Harvest Farms, it's time to redefine the fines. Featuring Dr. Sean Beatty and Pastor Scott Hill. Loud noises! No! God, please, no! Now, I'm not much of a blaspheming, but that last one made me laugh. Sit the flip now! Richard Pedlin. Ah, uh, hey, man. Oh, What's up? Oh, that was a weird one. Hey, man. There we go. <laughs> I had to get that right. Huh. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, today I actually found on the internet and I started listening to it is the Jay Moore podcast. Oh. He's got one? He does have Ooh, one. Interesting. Um, I, I only listened to one episode. Not as good as ours. Just saying. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> Sucking haters. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's good. Jay Moore. If you don't know, we stole that from Jay Moore. The hey man. Oh, we totally stole and the best. Shout out to Jay Moore. We love you, man. We, yeah, we, Scott and I were faithful Moriers oh, for man, a long time, so good. and it ended up when uh, we started working together. Every time we saw each other, we we just say that hey man, That's and right. it's just become a thing. So when Jay went off the radio, we took it. That's so. right, man. We're the the legend lives on, Jay. Don't worry. <laughs> That's right. Hey, so welcome back. And I got to tell you guys, um, you if you're a listener, you need to go back and listen to the J.R. Coleman episode because that guy that aired was, last week. Yeah, that guy was awesome. Yeah, we need to have him on he again. He is man. hilarious. He's um, just he's got opinions that I love for yeah. one, and just a good dude. And make sure if you're in that part of town, check out the word. That's a great church, great and he's church. a great pastor. So, Jr., thanks for coming on. We're gonna have you back. You're gonna be a regular guest yeah, on this show man, because be great. you were legit. So, man, we got a. Uh, um, at least we're not Florida going on. Yeah, at least we got. Yeah, at least we're not Florida going on. <laughs> That's just gonna be the new. At least we're not yeah, Florida. It's just gonna be the dolphin. Week. Um, but but speaking of legends. We have on our show today an absolute legend. Yes. We have a segment by none other than Bob Goff. The great Bob Goff. Bob freaking Goff. Oh, my gosh. That was on all of our internal communications for the entire, like, preparation for him to yeah, preach no, just no one ever everything. said bob goff it was bob freaking goff every yeah. time you so, know you've arrived when freaking is in the middle is of your, your middle name, name. Yeah, yeah dude you know you've he, if you're him. listening and you don't know who bob goff is listen um at clovis hills he spoke here a, a, a couple, weeks, couple ago. weeks ago 26 if you want to go back to the podcast yeah and you if you go to the clovis hills podcast you could probably listen um but here's the deal Bob Goff is a force of nature. If you've never heard him, he's written two books that that have been on the New York Times bestseller list in the last uh, five, six years. Mm -hmm. And one's called Love Does and one's called Everybody Always. Just started it. Yeah. And Bob um, is a phenomenal writer. He's an even better speaker and storyteller. Absolutely. But really what he does is after he wrote Love Does, he's a lawyer and Love Does made him a ton of money, a ton, ton, ton of money. He sold millions of copies, and he took all that money and he sunk it into his nonprofit, and they build schools for like kids in Africa, hey, like dangerous, in dangerous places, places yeah. Iraq, girls in Iraq, Afghanistan, Afghanistan, where they're not allowed to send girls to school. He built a girls' school with a thousand girls in it. Yeah. They just, and it was either northern Iraq or northern Afghanistan, but a couple weeks ago, they just opened the Love Does Hospital. Yeah, yeah, opening, ho- I mean, it's, yeah. the stuff he's doing around the world is freakishly impressive. When you meet him, though, he's just this kind, sweet 
Dude, just as tall and assuming. He hugs you hug no you. matter what. The yeah. minute he sees you, he goes, "Hi, I'm Bob," and then he hugs you. It doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't you're matter. hugging him, and you feel strangely good <laughs> when he does. It's that grandpa hug. It yeah. feels right. He, he's amazing. So he spoke at our church, and he packed the house out. Over three thousand people showed up yeah. to hear this guy. And I encourage you, go look him up on the internet. If you can, get the Clovis Hills app. Go listen to his sermon. It is so good. But we've got an interview with him today because um, here's the deal. (laughs) Yeah, tell the story. This is great. Here's the deal. Um, We're not really supposed to have anything on the internet about Bob Goff. Yeah. So that's why we only put it on our app. Um, So you can only get it there. But Just the um, audio. But so we were, I mean, he came, he flew in. He spoke Saturday night. He, after he spoke Saturday night, he signed about eight hundred books. Yeah, he took a picture with everyone. Every, and I mean, hugged everyone. There was a line for two hours to stand in line and meet him and take pictures. And yeah. he hugged everyone and yeah. loved on them and heard their story. He was so patient. And then he went to Chick Fil A with some of our youth ministry staff. Yeah. They did invite me. Yeah, till you know, out till yes. eleven o'clock at night. So he kind of had a whirlwind trip. He shows up here eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. He preaches two more services and took pictures and hugged and signed autographs for another maybe 1,800 people stood in line to meet this guy. I mean, he must have been exhausted. So on the way to the airport, right after church, Scott and I are driving there and we're like, hey, Bob, we know you've done a lot. Would you be willing to be on our podcast right now while we're driving (laughs) you to the airport? And he's like, yeah, no problem. So we interviewed Bob Goff. Bob freaking Goff. Bob freaking Goff in my Honda. That's right. On the way to the Fresno <laughs> on the, on the, on the way to the Fresno Airport. Uh, Air, airport. Airport. <laughs> and we use, we use my cell phone to record the thing. So it's not you know the greatest of quality, but it's, it's an Android. Enough. So and I mean, you're, you're gonna understand just what a force he was. Yeah, you're gonna get a good you're gonna get a good idea about his books and who he is just so, by this ten minute segment. So if if you were to explain to our listeners like what stood out to you about him when you saw him this weekend, Scott. Well, honestly, man, I was his quote unquote handler, so I had to pick him up at his hotel. I had to drive him around. I had to make sure he was getting to where he was going, to where he was signing books and all that. And so it actually, his message is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. I sat through all three of them, and they were all great. But the way that he saw people and, and, and dealt with people in that line that was waiting for him was probably the most impressive to me. At one point, I told Bob, I said, Bob, our next service is going to start at this time, so we got to hurry up. And he goes, all right, I'll tell you what. You go through the line. Tell everybody we're going to take speed selfies, but I got to hug everybody. That's the condition. And I said, let's do this. And he just like speed hugged and speed pictured everybody. And, but he got through the whole line and he was still in time for the second service. I mean, just phenomenal with people of all ages, kids, you know, young adults, everybody. They just loved him. Oh, yeah. And it was that, to me, that was the most impressive thing about the weekend, seeing how he was genuinely. Like, loved everybody. Oh, he, yeah. That I caught right away. You know, people were walking up to him, and he wasn't going, oh, hi. He goes, hey, I'm Bob. Everybody knows you're Bob. Yeah, everyone knows you, dude. You're <laughs> yeah, famous. You're, you're Bob famous. freaking golf. Everybody except my son, because my son had breakfast with them on Sunday morning, and my son had no idea who was Oh, my, my boys didn't either. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they rode in the car with them, and they were probably like, who's that guy? Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. So, I, you know, one of the things that... um yeah, I'm reading everybody always, and he just has 
Like you literally can go through the whole book and just hold a highlighter in your hand and it'll never go dry because you're always writing on the book somewhere because he's just so profound. You know, one, one of the things he said I read the other day, he said, you know, because um, he, he's really about accepting everyone from everywhere. And he said, burning down others' opinions doesn't make us right. It makes us arsonists. And the truth shall set you free. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, he really, in this segment we interviewed him, he's kind of talking about the culture we live in where everyone is offended by everyone Everything, else's opinion. Yeah. And we're always trying to burn down everyone's and opinion. And everybody's uptight. And we're on ADO, AM radio, so we're guilty of it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Um, My and, favorite thing he said this weekend about that was he said, uh, and it was, um, a lot of people resonate with it. Said, "I don't want people to meet my big opinions. I want them to meet Jesus Christ." That yes. is so profound. I mean, the truth will set you free on that one too, Bob. It's just he was so good. So I want to encourage you guys come back in this next segment because we're gonna um, do, it's a ten minute segment with Bob Goff in my Honda Clarity. It's gonna be awesome. This is Redefined Defiance, brought to you by Great Harvest Farms, Jack in the Box Tacos, and Clovis Hills. We'll be back. We're here with Bob Goff. Say hi, Bob. Hey, everybody. All right, so we're driving to the airport right now. Bob just spoke at Clovis Hills. And um, so, Bob, what do you think of Fresno? I had a great time. I Usually, it's always people and places, even through the Bible. It's like Jesus of Nazareth, Saul of Tarsus. So it's like you guys of Fresno. Yeah, Sean, <laughs> Sean and Scott of Fresno. Yeah, yeah that's totally. good. That's good. So, you know, um, you have a new book out called everybody always and what's what's the what's the message of the book what's the the theme of it that you got going i think the whole idea is this i uh was supposed to have written this book a couple years ago but i just didn't have anything to say but then i noticed everybody was just getting on edge haven't you noticed that people are just a lot more on edge about everything yeah everyone just seems to be so easily offended now yeah, yeah so i just want yeah, just tense. So I was just thinking about the way that Jesus did it, and it was like everybody always, not like nobody ever, or s- some people a couple times, but he really just said everybody always in the, it means reaching out to some of the people that you've avoided. It means engaging some of the people that have creeped you out. And uh, when we do that, then we don't do it with an agenda that they'll change, but that we do it with the hope that we'll change. Oh, that's great. You know, one of the things I love about that book is, you know, I was reading it and it's it's really good. And along the way, you're like highlighting it to death. But I think it's the last three chapters and it's the story of the witch doctor. Yeah, dang. You got to tell that story because yeah, that's just so, so powerful. The uh, short version would be, and you go on to, they have this practice of child sacrifice and it seems like it'd be from a hundred years ago, but it's actually still happening. Uh, but in the history of Uganda, nobody had ever taken on a witch doctor because there's always a victim, but they're always dead. But one little kid survives an attack by the head of the witch doctors. And uh, and so I flew over to Uganda and asked if I could try Uganda's first death penalty case against this witch doctor. And the, uh, the judges said yes. And so we tried the case, and the word of the conviction goes to 41 million people. And here's the message. If you touch a kid, it's over. Uh, but it's one of the wild. things uh, that this witch doctor goes away... Uh, to the Lazira Maximum Security Prison, which is the scariest place on earth. 
and I start visiting him. Um, and uh, because I just wanted to engage some of the people, this idea in Matthew 5 of loving your enemies, not just to be nice, but to actually engage. You can't love people you don't know. And so I started visiting him and he started telling me about why he did what he did and how bad he felt. And then his words, he said, I know I'm going to die in here. What I really need is forgiveness. And, uh, and this kid, this uh, witch doctor comes to Christ. And uh, what the, the was, witch doctor comes to Christ, yeah, which is nuts. Oh I wasn't gosh. trying to get him in, I was trying to keep him out. But one of the deals is this I've learned that we need to engage people again, not with the agenda that if I'm nice to you, you'll be a Christian, but no, just engage people because they're people, God made them, and we ought to get to know the people that He made good, bad, undecided, witch doctor, uh, whatever. Witch yeah. Doctor. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we started a witch doctor school. Is that creepy? A witch doctor school. Yeah. yeah. So I've met with a thousand witch doctors and we invite them to come to this school and we don't teach them how to be witch doctors because they already know. We teach them how to read and write. And, uh, and the only books we have in witch doctor school to learn are the Bible and love does. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. See, that, that's the part that just got me. Yeah. Right? Is these, these are people that, for most Christians, Christians would see them as the enemy. No, I see Did, them as the Illini. I know. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, oh. And the very guy you tried and sent to prison ends up meeting Jesus because you loved on him. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, that idea Jesus leads people to Jesus and if we keep avoiding what I hope he'll do is lead us to people and not equip us with an agenda because Jesus didn't come one what he wants us to be his and for him to be ours well these uh, uh, these witch doctors are learning how to read and write so I told them I'm writing a book and you're still learning English so what if I write all the words and you make the cover out of your fingerprints and so the cover of everybody always looks like a bunch of balloons. It's the fingerprints of 250 witch doctors. That's that's the part. When I read I that, that, I about fell out of my chair. And yes. the best part is the night before, I had just watched a show. And they were in Africa. And they were like, this guy was like learning from witch doctors. And to indoctrinate them, they put their all these women witch doctors, I guess, or, or voodoo, actually. Yep. They're putting their thumbprints all over him. Which is like obviously part of their tradition. It's crazy. And th that's the crazy part is, you know, it's just like the Apostle Paul when he walked into Mars Hill in Acts 17. He looked around and saw all these false gods and, and you know, to a good Jew, they would have been appalled. But Paul understood everybody always. And he looked up and saw one of them and said, oh, I see you have an altar to the unknown God. And he embraced it and then was able to share who Christ was through yeah, the altar he, of the unknown God. Yeah, and if you're looking for approval from other people, uh, then you're going to not get to the best thing that God has for you because uh, he didn't want us to build consensus. He wants us to build a kingdom, and it's a kingdom founded on loving people, and it's everybody always, and it isn't about taking a straw poll about whether everybody agrees with you. So I met with a couple people that think that these witch doctors are just too far gone or they're 
too horrible. And I just love that Jesus didn't vet the guy on the cross next to him. Exactly. Say, exactly. What do you think about this big social issue? What do you think? He didn't even ask him if he was sorry for what he did. Uh, Whatever landed him on the cross. He just said, see in paradise. Yeah. And so if there's somebody who's kind of a little bit of a jerk to me, <laughs> what I say to him, I'm like, see in paradise. <laughs> like I'm literally. <laughs> That's awesome. What a no, comeback. But oh. I know, but I know why I'm saying that because Jesus didn't vet him. He just said, you're in. And if he's good enough for Jesus, then this person that's being mean to me is good enough for me. That That is awesome. You know, part of your message reminds, you know, Eugene Peterson, he has a book called The Pastor. It's like his memoirs. Uh-huh. And in it, he said something that rocked my world. It really transformed me. He said, people aren't projects to be fixed. Yeah, They're mysteries good. to be wondered at. Perfectly capable of being loved and used by God in whatever sinful state they're in. And that's... I kind of live by that now, and it makes being a pastor way easier yeah, <laughs> when people aren't projects. Right? <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the idea that uh, what's your goal? My goal isn't to turn people into Christians. My goal is that I would give more and more of my heart to Jesus, and I'd follow more closely with Him, and that it'd be a little bit easier on myself and some of the people that are around me because He doesn't want us beating ourselves up he wants us to be his and he wants obedience and there's something really so this idea of just like uh, it's not like fluffy like a puppy it's to say obedience means to actually do what uh, he said for us to do and I'm one of the guys that doesn't do what he said to do because he said to love people who are your enemies and I'm still like on training wheels on that but I got my eye on the prize I know what I'm doing <laughs> what I'm doing and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get there so Bob, is there, uh, so the witch doctors, do they understand the enormity of, or the impact, you, you know, being in jail or being in the school, do they understand what's happening with this book and how many copies are being sold and their fingerprints on it? Their fingerprints on it? <laughs> I think that might be just escaping them a little bit because when it, uh, it hit the New York Times, uh, the uh, I called up. I'm like, you guys, we hit the New York Times. It's actually been 19 weeks in a row, and and, and the whole room explodes in like clapping and all that. And then it settles down, and they said, "What's the New York Times?" <laughs> oh that my is God! Awesome. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so here's the deal, guys. You need to pick up his book. Everybody always. It is. You, you won't put it down. You might read it in a day. It's so good, and. Man, Bob, thank you for being on our podcast. And oh, man, my <laughs> pleasure. Just so you guys are loving people. And I think if we have just uh, voices that people can trust. And I think for the two of you, your voices people can trust. And you'll just continue to speak true words over people. So, And for those of you that are listening, just be a voice you can trust. Be Switzerland. Put the flag over your house. Just don't need to be the person that has all the attitude. You can have all the attitude you want if it's the attitude of Christ. But all the attitude about like who you're sore at, I just yeah. I would check that at the door. Well, awesome. This is Redefine Defiance. And uh, thanks, Bob Goff. Check his book out. It's awesome. Talk to you later. Bye. Chicken, you do! Delicious chicken, swing on through! Meet the crew! I'm local San Diego legend, Sean Beatty, and I believe in two things. 
good chicken and that the census is a way for the UN to make your children gay. <laughs> it's never not funny. Jeff Every time. Local Whammy. San Diego legend Sean Beatty. Hey, man. Hey, man. We're uh, back. We're back. Whammy. Hey, welcome back to Redefine Defiance. And um, So did not that last segment just blow you away? Bob Goff. Bob Goff. I mean, that, that's the thing. On the stage, he's like so fun and like, yeah. I'm Bob Goff. I'm crazy. Yeah. And he tells all these incredible stories. Yeah. He's super funny. Yes. Like one of the funniest guys I've seen speak. But then, like, you get him alone, and he's just a deep, deep, yeah. deep well. When when me and Sean first, when we first picked him up at the at his hotel to bring him on Saturday, he gave us a twenty minute outstanding lesson on how to write a book. He blew our minds. Yeah, it was and, crazy. And he could have talked for hours about it. Yeah, and then you know what he said? He goes, "So when you guys get ready to write your books, you call me. Yeah, send me your stuff. You know, we're just like what." Yeah, it is insane. So thank you again, Bob. I know you're never gonna listen to our podcast. You've got way too much going on, but I'm ready for your book though, Sean. Tiny hands, big impact. That's right. Small hands, big impact. So uh Bob, seriously, I know you're not listening, but we just we love you and thank you for coming to our church and speaking and and being on our podcast too. Yeah, so. being on our podcast. And and listeners, honestly do yourselves a favor, listen, download that. Go to Clovishills.com. August yeah, or get the app actually. The it's the app. easiest there way. And and go to messages and it's August twenty fifth and it's so good. Yeah. So anyways, we're gonna turn the corner though, because this has been kind of a serious episode. And we're gonna get more serious because this is an episode called At Least We're Not Florida. At least <laughs> <laughs> So actually, you know, Bob Goff, he talks about, you know, every you know, love does, you know Everybody always everybody always open all that kind of stuff. But, stuff. He, but I you, we found a man in Florida who might challenge this belief of Bob Goff. Yeah. Dateline Florida. Florida. Florida man calls 911. 80 times to demand Kool-Aid, hamburgers, and weed. It's a peddler. <laughs> Same. He calls... So wait, hold on. So he, he calls, calls 911 81 80, times. 80 times. Oh. And every time he demanded Kool-Aid, hamburgers, and weed. Okay, it's this, a peddler. This is going to take you a minute. <laughs> you need to see if there's a link to that audio. Because I want to hear him demand... Oh. Let's uh, check it out. All of that stuff. That If you can find the uh, audio before the end of the episode, that'd be let's amazing. Let's check it out. So one of the reasons we do, we call it, at least we're not Florida, is we're from California. And we have, we're starting to pick up listeners from around the country. And especially uh, California gets judged a lot because, yeah. we'll be honest, our government is a little wacky. May, okay, not a little wacky. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. But at least we're not Florida. That's all I'm going to say because every time something really Horrible or weird happens in the news. It happens in Germany or Florida. It's and like you either do something with cocaine and nudity, or you shoot somebody. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty. And the poor dolphins in Florida are uh, often victims. <laughs> I have a feeling that's going to be a new recurring sound. Effect. Yeah, I think so. Anytime we talk about Florida, but if you don't know what the dolphin noise is, you ju- you have to listen to last week's with Jared yes, Coleman, and you'll yes. find out because in, at least we're not Florida. Something bad happened to a poor dolphin, and I'm just gonna let that rest right there because 1680 threatened to kick us off the air if we talked about it again. <laughs> we might be solely a podcast soon Rightfully if we keep this segment so, going. Maybe. I don't know. So so, anyways, that that that's going on in the world today. Oh yeah. And here, here's the other thing. 
Right about now, the NFL season is starting. The NFL season. Love does. Oh. No, God. <laughs> no, God, please, no. Oh. Every year. I'm not an NFL guy. I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. Every year at this time, Scott and I, our hope rises. It ro- rises high because we're um, always in my heart, San Diego, Los Angeles, Chargers. We need to play on Redefined Defiance. We need to play the San Diego theme song. That could be the next segment. That's the thing. But we're zero and zero. Yeah, so we're on. No, we're undefeated we're right now. We're undefeated. We're in first place. This is the best record yeah. you're gonna have all season. It's, it's yeah, great. We come in every year, and I, you know, I always say no. I think they're gonna be good this year. And my kids, my daughter, gets so mad. She goes, "You say that every year." Oh, yeah. And I do say it every year. Yeah. Um, we're fans. We have to say we it are. every year. But sometimes I'm just being optimistic. Other times I step in being confident. This year's a confident year. I'm coming in confident. Now, I get it. The San Diego Chargers have been known to just show up and be incredibly talented and just poop in their own bed. But that was San Diego. That's right. That that was me as a child. This is the Los Angeles Chargers now. Now, the the one year we've had the Los Angeles Chargers, they showed up and pooped in the bed, too. Yeah. but (laughs) We missed field goals like the first four games. Yeah, we lost four games because of missed field goals. But anyways, football season is starting. Fantasy football is starting, which has changed the game for football. Oh, like it used to be the nerdiest it. thing ever. Yeah, and now it still like, is. It, well, it still is, but now like most men do it. It's crazy. I've been and in a few times. It's a, I have never been in a fantasy football. I guys, won a league once. What? Yeah, I actually won the Clovis Hills League one year. I auto drafted. Oh uh, yeah, that that helps you if you do Yahoo. They auto draft. Well, I'll tell you what. The fantasy football is super nerdy, but it really is fun. And the one thing that's good about it is. Like, besides, when your team is sucking, you have something else to root for and other players to root for, and you have a kind of a stake in all the games at that point. And that's been the kind of the cool part. And you end up having something to talk about with the people in your league. You know what I mean? Like, I see yeah, those guys yeah. at church, and now I can be like, oh, I'm playing you this week. Oh, you got me. Who'd you start? You know, there's something to talk about. Yeah, that, I, I never... My problem is that I just want to watch the Chargers. That's all I want to watch. I don't want to watch any other team. That is I a problem. I just want to watch the Chargers. <laughs> I'm the same way with, the same way with the San Francisco Giants, though. And I don't want nah. to draft anybody. I would just draft everybody on the Chargers, and I would lose every yeah, year. That's, when you, that's where you lose. And that's you my problem. That's team. why I don't do it. It's, the opposite for me is like in fantasy baseball, like – I, I always feel like I can't in good conscience draft somebody from the Dodgers, even though I know it would help me significantly. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I could have drafted a Raider. I get it. I do, though. I want to win. He drafted know, Derek man. to the win me. I, I had Yeah, I've, I've had Derek Carr on my team. Yeah, I get it, man. If if uh, Beast Mode goes late in my draft this weekend, I'll, I'll pick him up because... He was used 60% of the time and had good numbers. I won't pick him early, though. Same with Arby's mode. Time, there you go. Yeah. The time. 60% of the time, he, he was good he all was the here. time. Yeah, he was here. <laughs> oh, Beast mode. We love you. We hope you get out of jail soon, bud. But anyways. Um, <laughs> I hope Mexico's treated you well. Yeah, man. he's in a Mexican jail right now. We can't tell you what for. But it had something to do with balloons and, and, and black tar. But anyway, yeah. so, um, hey, here's the thing. We're... Football is upon us, yeah. And you always have like the the. There's always the couple like Christian football players, right? Yeah. And the most famous Christian football player of all times has got to be Tim Tebow. 
and worship leader, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Timmy. Timmy. Oh, Timmy. Isn't so, he playing for like the Mets organization now? He's in the yes. minor leagues, yeah. I th- you know you're a great Christian football player when they you, you have an adjective after your last name. He T-boned. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you're, yeah, you've become an adjective yeah, and exactly. an internet sensation. That's you pretty showboated, right? Yeah. yeah so so Tim, Tim Tebow, no longer a football player, but one of the great college football players of all time. Oh, man, two national championships. And but great. I, I would have to say I actually am pretty stoked because there's a good crop of young Christian football players that aren't annoying. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. that Tim was annoying, but no, like... Like the, Derek Carr. Derek Carr... Is is I hate to say this because he's, he's no the real Raider, deal. but he's a real deal. He is. I have huge respect for him. He's he, kind. Of, he spoke at Clovis Hills yeah. before, and was it, he just really is who he is. Like yeah. he loves the Lord. Great family. Yeah, he doesn't overdo it. He doesn't try and Jesus juke every interview, but he always gives credit to God. Yeah, Carson Wentz. Another Carson great Wentz Christian. Might be my new favorite guy, man. Yeah, yeah. Russell Wilson. Another like stand up, and these these are guys that are walking the walk. Yeah. Too. Have you watched all like the baptisms and like the Eagles locker room? Yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah. That, that, oh, that, that Eagles, cool. That was really cool, man. It, That's why Carson Wentz might be my new favorite. Oh well, yeah. He got hurt. He was just like, yeah, this is bad luck. But. And then Nick Foles, his backup, was a Christian, yeah. and he's totally giving glory to God. Yeah. Like. It is hard not to root for the Philadelphia Eagles. We're up on a break. We're out of time. So we're going to be back. And um, this is Redefined Defiance brought to you by a bunch of stuff. We'll be back. Welcome the, to the re- funny thing is we this I remember listening to this in the eighties and thinking it was awesome. Oh yeah, and now we're still awesome. So it's the, the that's why the eighties made a resurgence, man. It is the best. That is song. really seventies music, though. It really, but yeah. It's I, I'm just letting you know it's the best and worst theme song ever. It is the least NFL tough man theme song for yeah. a football team I've ever charges. heard. It's like sports means the YMCA. It totally oh. is the village people of football. <laughs> yeah. But it is awesome. I'm yeah. just letting you know. And if I'm you don't like it, it if you don't like it, you got a problem. So, hey, um, this just in in the news. The Babylon Bee has just reported that Trump secures unlimited chips and salsa in the Mexican trade deal. Oh. Just yes. letting you know. Now we're talking. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no wall going up if we give him that. That's my president now, baby. (laughs) You give give him that, there's no wall going up. I'm just letting you know. They're like, hey, how about, I I tell you what, I give you unlimited chips and salsa, no wall. Deal. (laughs) Deal. That's an excellent deal. We got the better of the deal. 
My favorite is a my favorite B story in a while is every single person in country suddenly expert on complex international trade agreements. Yes, exactly. Good. Oh, Shut up, people. Or the That's one, all I'm gonna say. Or the uh, one about Sean Beatty, which is man with pickup truck informed he has the spiritual gift of helping people move every weekend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm giving my truck to my son. That's right. Uh, <laughs> never buy a truck. Oh, uh, it's terrible. So hey. Uh, we're back, and um, you know we were talking about football and fantasy football. Yeah. And last year at this time, which hold on, one year we're one year old. Yeah, we made it one year wow. with Birthday. with one without getting kicked off the radio. That's a miracle. We actually picked up more than three listeners. Yes, we had I, a listener Mark last week. He was like one of the original three. But. We, we've got lis, listener Bevan, who's OG. She's in Texas. We love we, you, Bevan. It, and these are people that are contacting us. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. been some people. Uh, met some people this the, a couple Sundays ago at church that uh, had been had been loyal listeners and uh, heard us, you know, talking about pastors and whatnot. Yeah. And then um, our podcast is picking up steam. We're getting more and more. Um, we do. Did you hear who who gave us a shout? Did you hear who? Endorsed us, redefine defiance. Who? Bob freaking Goff. Bob freaking Goff was on redefine defiance. That's all I gotta say. This, this, all I can think about when I think of how well this show has gone is I wrote you guys a song for it. Yeah. You guys are my best friends. Just taking things. We've always been together. We're four of a kind, Three. having fun all day, palling around and laughing away. Just best friends. Best friends are we. I love you guys. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Dan. We love you too. I'm proud of that. You're way better than Beast Mode. So, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> You're not in a Mexican jail either. Right? Yeah, yeah. So here, here's the deal. Last year at this time, we did our fantasy pastors draft. That's right. Where we drafted celebrity pastors. That's right. Okay. And in the first round... Um, you drafted this guy. Freaking. Why? Because he cared for you. Don't you know that... That's right, Pastor oh, Kearney Thomas. Kearney Thomas. That's always a blast from the past right there. Pastor Kearney Thomas is like, he's like the GM. He's, he's the like, general yeah. manager. He yeah, is, he, he's, he's the commissioner of the league. He is, man. He's not really a celebrity, but if you go on YouTube and watch his uh, watch Pastor Kearney Thomas, you'll get a good laugh. That's all yeah, I'm going to let you yes, know. We love don't, you, I, I don't know if I buy into his theology or his preaching or anything <laughs> like that, but he gives you a good laugh, and he's pretty funny. Uh, so, um, you know... I I know like one of my first round draft picks was Tim Keller and he retired. That's right. Huh? So I, he I can't so draft Tim Keller this you year. Can't draft because he's Keller. retired from yes. from preaching. I tried to get him to preach at Clovis Hills and he's not taking any preaching invitations. Wow! And I was like, Who? Dang it, Timothy J. Keller, what are you oh. doing? So so in in the the first round, I don't really know who I'm going to pick to be honest. I'm going to, you know, there's there's one guy standing. There's one guy standing. He stands above the rest now because of certain things that have just happened. Okay. And he stands alone. He's got to be the quarterback, and that's Rick Warren. Rick he Warren. He still calls the shots, man. He's still the boss. He's he's the shot caller, I'm telling I, you. I that, would take. That, that's a good first round. I'm going to take Craig Rochelle in the first round, I think. That guy is a beast, man. He's a beast, And he's man. freaking buff. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take Brian Houston. Brian Houston. Brian Houston. <laughs> yeah. Wait. God loves you. Brian, Brian's the dad, right? Yeah. He's Australian Hulk Hogan. Yes. I'm gonna eat my vegetables and my vitamins. Brian Houston. God yeah. loves you. 
New roads and new rivers. Yeah, okay. He, he's a first-round <laughs> yeah. draft choice he's for sure. He's a first-rounder, oh, yeah. man. For sure. He's, for he's sure. great. But here, there was another guy that went in the draft last year that really he's not in the draft anymore. He's, he's ineligible. Yeah, he's ineligible. And um, it makes me sad because he's still he's a hero the to IR me. He's right now. Yeah, I think he's out permanently. Um, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> there's no coming back from no that injury. Back, and it is Bill Hybels. Yeah. We man, he's what a great. He contributed so much to Christendom, to the church, a champion for the church. He's he's I, just not eligible. I'm just letting you know he, he's part of the reason I'm a pastor. Today, yeah, and oh. it breaks my heart what what's gone down at Willow Creek. Yeah, and, and we we've talked about it in previous episodes. Is he he was accused of um, just really, badly. <laughs> some inappropriate uh, relationships with yeah. women. Um, not that he had affairs, but he just kind of used his position. He was accused of using yes. his position. Accused. Um, to, you know, hit on women in his church, on his staff, things like that. Yeah. Um, and sadly, like, he he won't cop to it, so we can't, we don't know if it's really happening yeah. or not. But, you know, a lot of his closest confidants have come forward and said things. Yeah. And his whole church board resigned because they felt like they didn't handle... And, and, and honestly, will. Bill, man, like, I know you're not listening, but if you were, I would just say, man, put your name on it. If you did it, put your name on it. If you did it, oh, don't lie about it. But Yeah, don't lie. Did it, man, but if you did it, put your say name you it. did, because repent of it. The, the church loves you. I love that man. Yeah. I love that man so much, and it breaks my heart that yeah. I'll never hear him again yeah. because he was a force of nature. Now, it does not negate... If it went down, he was a creep behind closed Absolutely. doors. Absolutely, but the things and, he and said we, and, and did—they have our. I mean, yeah, he dan- I mean, if that went down, he damaged some people. Yeah, but it does not negate the incredible life change that he brought to, to millions of people. Yeah, around the world. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm not standing yeah. up for him. I'm not defending him, but I'm also not throwing dirt on him and throwing shade on him because. Um, he's still a brother in the Lord, as creepy as is, and those women are sisters in the Lord, and it's unfortunate. You, you know what I mean? Everyone always. Yeah, yeah. Everybody always. Everyone always. Everybody always, yeah. and they're still. The story could end happy. Yeah. It you know there could be redemption for everyone, but sure, it redemption only happens when you own it, though. Yes. Do you know what God's I mean? God's grace is big enough if you own it. Yeah, and that's part of the issue in the world today is yeah. no one wants to like call anything a sin anymore yeah that we we try and like make a justification for whatever it is we do like yeah oh it's a disease or oh i'm sick or oh i did it because uh you know you know she, she dressed too provocatively yeah, or yeah. everyone's making excuses for their sin yeah. and sometimes you got to be like i did that and it was sin and it was terrible it and was i'm sorry and yeah we just had a dialogue uh, me and a couple other pastors and they're their point of view was, if you sin and come clean, that's better than getting caught. Well, sure, but... If you get caught, come clean come still, Come clean too. when you get caught, and God's grace is just as good. If you come clean or you get caught, it doesn't matter. David got caught. Nathan, Prophet Nathan went to David. Yeah, those you don't know, in the Bible, David uh, stole a man's wife and then had him killed in battle. Yeah, <laughs> so, adultery and murder. Adultery and murder. That's on the resume. And then he got caught yes. by one of the prophets. Right. And the prophet called him out, and David came clean. He put his name on it, repented. We get Psalms 51. It's beautiful. Yeah, created me a clean heart, yes. oh God. 
and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Yep. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and, and take not thy spirit from me. Mm-hmm. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, salvation. Yeah. and renew a right spirit yeah. in me. That's and the truth shall set you free. Boom. And and straight up, that is the truth, though, is the thing. And here's, here's what all God wants from us is to admit it. Yeah. Admit and then believe that what Jesus did on the cross for you actually does cover the sin. That's right. Admit it, believe it, and then turn and commit to him. Commit your life to him. Say, okay, Lord, I'm yours. Doesn't mean you have to be a missionary. Doesn't mean you have to be a pastor. Doesn't mean you have to become a nun. Doesn't mean you're going to stop sinning. Yeah, you're probably going to... I'm not even going to say probably. You're going to keep sinning. That's right. All three of us at this table sin all the time, and we're always having to ask God... For you just ate a bunch of jack-in-the-box tacos. That's oh, sin. that was a sin. They were, oh, they were simply good, and I'm simply <laughs> sick now, too. So um, here's the deal. Um, put your name on it. It's okay. And this is uh, Redefined Defiance. It's brought to you by Clovis Hills Community Church and Great Harvest Farms, Jack-in-the-box tacos, and Fantasy Football. We out. <laughs>